Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jared Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I'd like to begin by thanking you for checking out today's podcast episode. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to take a moment to introduce our newest sponsor, Loader Road Goods out of Cushocton, Ohio. Chris Kent is the owner, the operator, the CEO of Loader Road Goods. He's a military veteran, but more importantly, he's a man of God. And he everything he has is hand-sewn, hand-stitched. Look at this journal cover. It has the Quiet Life logo on the front. This time of year, we're always looking to get a journal that we can commit to for the year. We can take notes from our Bible reading, our sermons we sit under, podcasts we listen to. Go visit Loader Road Goods. And when you do, put in the discount code a quiet life, you'll save 15% off your order. A quiet life, all capital letters, one word. When you go to his site, you're going to realize he's got a lot more than journal covers. He's got earrings, purses, sheaths, hatchet covers, the whole everything. Everything he makes there is hand sewn, hand stitched. It's about a two week turnaround. So I want you to think ahead. Middle of February is a big date that we don't want to get wrong. LoaderRoadGoods.com. All right, about a week ago, week and a half ago, somewhere in there, uh, depending on when this goes live, I made a Facebook post and it was called Survival Skills for a Man of God. And I don't remember exactly what the uh, the wording was above it. It was something like, I trust God and everyone else. I use discernment or I need to run through a filter. I don't remember how I worded it. I was careful when I typed that out because there's always the guy who's, well, now remember, we're too, I know, I know, but it's true. I trust God. I'm, I'm learning to trust God. I continue to learn to trust God. And everyone else kind of run through a filter. A filter is not judgmental or being overly critical. Hopefully, that's that's not the intent. The, the intent is to just try to figure out um, who this person is or, or what role they should should play or what, what they need from me or whatever. You know, every, everyone's different. And if you've been around me, then you know that I talk about, sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's joking, survival skills. Hey, you gotta gotta create them survival skills. You need better survival skills. And I'm joking, but I'm serious. And a lot of times, these survival skills, as you know, with your own life. Now, let, let me I, let me say this: I'm not talking about going out and, and living off the grid for 72 hours with no power or whatever. Yes, I'm for that. But what I'm talking specifically about on this right here on this podcast is is more like your home and relationship survival skills, which. I think we all need to cultivate. However, let me give an example. I, I've shared several years ago. I was on a fishing trip in Canada. I don't know a lot about fishing, and I'm, you know, I'll go with you. I'm not, I'm not great, but I'll go with you, and I can, you know, throw a line to water, or whatever. And I went with these guys. They had been before, and I had not. And we had two boats, so two guys in each boat is what we had. We're staying in a cabin. The first night we go out, and uh, we're catching some fish, whatever. And I mean, it turns pitch black pretty quick. I, I don't think I've ever been in a place like that where you're like, wow, there is no light out here. Well, we lost the other boat, which was kind of junkier compared to the boat that I was in, which was the nice the nice boat. Not not because of me, because the guy who was running the show, it was his boat, and we lost him. And so I went back to the cabin. I thought, we're going to have to go look for him. I don't know what this looks like. And I put on about every layer I could find, and you know, I'm grabbing the hot hands and the flashlights. and what, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to be prepared to be out in the cold, in the dark for a while. And uh, as the good Lord would have it, they come walking up the dock as we're going out. And I mean, like one guy in particular, and he's he's a dude. He was like shaking to the point you could hear his zipper rattling off of like his fleece. I mean, we were not prepared to be out in the cold like that. 
it, that, that could have went south real quick. A couple days later, we're out and a storm comes. And I'm like, man, this is a bad deal. We should probably get back. Well, that's what a non-fisherman would say because a fisherman says, keep catching. And that's what we did. We just kept catching fish. And I'm thinking, this seems like a bad idea. Well, eventually it turns worse. And the, uh, the guy whose boat I'm on, he goes and gets in this five-gallon bucket. And I don't remember what he gets. Might have been a rain poncho. I don't know. And I said, what do you got in there? He had all. He basically had a bunch of survival stuff in that bucket. And I thought, well, that would have been good on the United States side to let us know, hey, you might want to bring something like this with you. So I, I could go on, go on and on and on about that trip and about that storm in particular, but we're alive to tell about it. So when I went back home, I said, well, that will never happen to me again. I will be prepared next time. And I started to go through lists and scenarios of what I thought I needed to carry with me so that I was prepared if that situation would arise again. And that's the way it is with life. At least it should be that way. You go through some stuff and you say, okay, that happened. How do I make sure or how do I get better prepared for the next time something like that could potentially happen or so I don't end up in that same scenario again? The joking part of me would say things like, this is why you take two cars to church. This is why you get your food to go and you don't have to dine in the restaurant. This is why when a school wants to do a fundraiser, instead of making 6,000 cookies, you just say, how much money do you need? I'd rather give you that, okay? Those are different survival skills. So when I look at this post, there were some guys that you know uh, appreciated or like, shared it or you know thought highly of it, whatever. And then there was guys that were like, hey, I got some questions about it. That's why this conversation is existing right now. First and foremost, there's five of these, by the way. The first and foremost, the one that you have to get right, you have to get it right, is you need to spend time daily in the Word and prayer. I do not know how you guys are trying to get through this life who do not get in the Word. I, I, I don't know how you're doing it. And I got to believe your faith, at best, is on shaky ground. Now, I want to share this before I get too far into being in the Word and prayer and the rest of them. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, uh, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, that's the verse. There's more. Yeah, he goes on to resist him, firm in your faith. All that. Okay. I don't want to give you the idea that as Christians, we have to walk around Braveheart style just waiting to charge. But we're also not doormats, okay? Be smart. Be smart. You're going to have some stuff today that's going to uh, catch you off guard. You're going to have some stuff today that's going to tempt you. You're going to have some stuff today that's going to defeat you. We had a call last night at Tribe about some things that have hardened our heart through the years. And I think like 20 some guys shared. And the things that they shared, it's a good reminder. We all have stuff. When I get in the Word every day and I spend time in prayer, it's, it's a game changer. We In Tribe, we have a reading plan, so we go through that. Right now in the Quiet Life community, we're reading Proverbs. You know, we, we, have, we have these things, the rhythms that we've, we're, we're creating and cultivating so that it becomes more natural for us. And in prayer, you, you can sit at your desk or sit in your prayer closet or sit in your car or sit in your driveway or wherever, and you can have a good 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever minutes of prayer. You can do that, and you also could pray continuously. I, you know, whatever you need to do, but be in prayer. I don't. I, again, I don't know how you try to get through life without being in the Word and prayer, and and, and using prayer as like you're an emotional support ambulance isn't going to work. I mean, dialogue with the Lord. <clears throat> the first thing I do is thank God for the day. I thank Him for Jesus. I thank Him for my wife and kids. I thank Him for, you know, the ministries and opportunities that He's allowed us to be a part of. You know, and then I start to kind of, you know, go, you know, 
drift, if you will. Okay, I'm going here, here, whatever. If there's a prayer request for a person, if there's whatever. But I want to make sure at the top is thankfulness for these things that are right on the forefront of my mind. Uh, because I can have an ungrateful spirit pretty quickly. I can be discontent at a moment's notice. And so getting time in the Word and prayer, uh, you know, our reading today in Tribe, my family's reading it, uh, my nephew's reading it, we're all doing it. And uh, we, we, we were looking at a text today, it was uh, Exodus 9, and I said, you know, why did God not wipe Pharaoh out? Well, he tells him, uh, I didn't wipe you out yet because I'm uh, raising you up, so my name will be on, my the glory will be on display. And one of the things I sent a message to my, my people is, uh, hey, when you're going through tough times, look for God's glory. He's going to, it's going to be there. He's going to show it to you. But if you're not in the word and you're not in prayer daily, you're kind of winging it or you're kind of trying to be religious or pull something from a well that is bone dry. There's nothing there. So I would say if you can get anything out of this, it would be get in the word. And maybe you're not good at getting in the word. I understand. You're like, Jared, I've committed time and time again. I got myself a new journal. I got a reading plan. You know, I did this, that, or the other. I, I would tell you, uh, get in a community somewhere. We're going to get to that. That's the next one. But I want to say, get in community. That will help. Get in tribe when that opportunity presents itself uh, here later in the spring. Not everybody who gets in tribe gets in the word, but we're in the word. And it's a place where you can get in there. That's number two. Number two is remain connected to godly community. Now, I've said before, my wife is my best friend. She's not my only friend. Okay? So, at the end of the day, if I got to pick one friend, I'm going with my wife. That's her. Okay? Outside of Jesus, she is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And so, when I talk about survival skills, like there are things that I have learned through the years because I want to be a better husband for her. And I'm not a great husband all the time. Okay? Not breaking my arm patting myself on the back here. I'm just telling you, there are times that I have not been a, a, a very good husband, especially in the early years where I had no clue how this thing was supposed to go. You know, I said the other day, my best survival skill probably when I first got married was just show up at the same place every day. I thought that, I thought that was a good starting point, just show up at the same place every day. It is, but that ain't going, that ain't going to hold it together very well. So that she, because of her, I've learned some relational spiritual survival skills because of my kids i'm blessed to have three kids i mean they are a blessing from the lord and uh that's caused me to learn more survival skills for them sometimes it's simply just listen sometimes the survival skill is just be quiet and listen there was something that was happening recently in our home and there was some drama and uh i'd like to weigh in and i'd like to give my input and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, uh, just listen. That will be all that is required of you right now. So that's what I tried to do. Just listen. But beyond that, I need I need a brotherhood. I do. And I've said before that when I started to recognize that I needed a brotherhood, I was not a guy that a sound man of God would say, I need that dude in my corner. I wasn't. I, I was I was immature incredibly selfish, cynical, bitter, and had a lot of stuff that the, that the Lord had to work out of me. And so um, get those guys in your corner. Get around better men. 
But just signing up for your men's group or just signing up for tribe or signing up for, you know, what, whatever is coming across your path, that will not be enough. You have to get into the community and remain connected to it. The best way to remain connected to it is not just showing up. Because I've heard guys through the years say that. Just show up, show up, show up. Listen, man, the devil will show up. The, the, the devil will show up. We're not, we're, not, we're not lacking on that. Show up with a valued presence. Show up prepared. Show up ready to engage. Show up ready to stay longer if needed. Ready to pray when called on. Show up as a man who is equipped and, and, and has done the work. Yeah, be there. No question about being there. But again, anyone can get there. I've been a part of plenty of groups where guys were showing up only to find out they weren't living it out. So remain connected, godly community, engage in that community, do what the community's doing. And if the community's not doing anything of value, you might either need to scoot on to a new community, you might need to start your own, or um, maybe you just lean in a little harder and be like, okay, guys, what, what are we doing here? And sometimes it's a come to Jesus conversation and it's a, let's define the purpose of this. What are we really doing? But if you need to start your own, this is why we talk about Tribe Builder. I want to resource you up. I want to make it cost-effective, resource you up, get some guys there. You're doing regular reading. You have some regular conversations. Hey, man, let's just, let's just see if we can't build better men. And as we talk about, we build better men together. And that gets me to number three. Keep your head on a swivel. What does that mean, keep your head on a swivel? Well, the phrase, at least where I learned it, is in football. At least up until... 10, 15 years ago, if a wide receiver or tight end, whoever, ran across the middle of the field on an offensive play and they were looking for the ball to be thrown to them from the quarterback, they needed to keep their head on a swivel because a cornerback, a safety, or somebody was going to come up and just remove their helmet from the rest of their body. And so keep your head on a swivel means I'm watching out, I'm looking to the left, to the right, a lot of passes dropped, when we're keeping our head on a swivel and we're not looking for the ball, right? We're already trying to turn up field. So it's a complicated analogy, I understand, depending on how deep you want to get into the football technique. However, to keep your head on a swivel simply means don't get too comfortable. Don't get too content. <clears throat> don't get too lackadaisical or, you know, just pull the curtains down and be like, we've done pretty good for ourselves. I think scripture talks about that. The guy who's kind of looking around saying, I've done pretty good for myself. I could take it easy the rest of my life. Jesus tells a parable and says, uh, that, that's a bad idea. You will be accountable for your life tonight. I'm talking about keep your head on a swivel. Know that there are problems going to come your way. So when I talk about that conversation that was happening in my house, and I said, I want to get in on that. And the Holy Spirit says, don't. You are a listener in this. My head on a swivel would be, take note of that. Take note of what's going on. Pray for that situation. As a matter of fact, I prayed for that situation today as I was getting ready. Thought about the scenario. Thought about the situation. Uh, I pray for my, you know, my kids' relationships. I pray for my wife and where she's at. I pray for our church. I pray. Keep your head on a swivel. Know it. Problems will come. And while I would like to walk around with a five-gallon bucket of survival gear... There are times that we're just we're just not ready for it. 
but keeping my head on a swivel says I'm going to do some things to make sure, forgive me, make sure I'm prepared for that. Well, how can I make sure I'm prepared for problems that are going to come my way that I don't even know are going to come my way? It's real simple. Do the first two. Get into word and prayer. Again, make that a non-negotiable in your life. I am going to get in the word. I'm going to get in prayer every single day or just about every single day. I'm going to make that a priority. Do I need a journal? Do I need a bullet journal? Do I, I don't care what you do with that. Just get in the word and get in prayer. The, the one tip I would probably give you is highlight or, or mark up. And if maybe you're not a highlight markup guy in your Bible, that's fine. Then get a notebook and just maybe put a few things down or have somebody that you can message. And that gets me to my second point. You get in the Word and you get in prayer every day and you stay in godly community. When stuff comes your way and it's going to happen, it might happen before the week is over. It might happen before you get out of this month or get into the spring. I don't know. But it's going to happen. When you're in godly community, they know they aren't your emotional support tribe. This is a journey that you've been on. You're praying for them. They're praying for you. You're having conversations. You're you know, you're know, sharpening one another. And man, boom, something happens. And you're like, man, I, well, how, how can we help this guy? Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's a phone call. Uh, sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's time. I know of a guy who, uh, in a community, and he was seeing one of his brothers in the community, wasn't uh, just wasn't the same guy. Reached out to him, found out the guy was just struggling a lot. What's going on? He drove like I'm guessing here six to eight hours to go spend the day with the guy doing some construction and spent the six, eight hours driving back. I found out on accident. That's that's being connected to godly community. That that That's a guy who says, I'll go above and beyond. All of us have that story where you go, man, I can't get guys to show up for biscuits and gravy, and I can't get them. I know, I know. But I promise you, I promise you, you need face-to-face. But... Living in an age where you can you can have a digital resource and you can have this community. The calls we had this week were powerful. And I promise you, there are guys listening to this podcast who have not had genuine calls or genuine conversations like that in a very long time. And sometimes it's just because you don't trust people. So you got to keep your head on a swivel. Problems are going to come my way. So I'm already going to have these conversations. I'm already going to be in community. I'm already going to be sharpened. I'm going to share and I'm going to listen a ton. I'm going to share. I'm going to listen a ton. Very rhythmic here. I'm going to add my two cents. Get out of the way. Add my two cents. Get out. That way they know I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. Still engaged. I'm going to get out of the way. Why am I getting out of the way? Because it leaves room for other people to share. And, man, someone's going to share something that you're going to say. I needed that. There were two guys that shared last night on the call in particular, and I thought I needed to hear exactly what that individual was saying. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. So you have to keep your head on a swivel. And something's going to happen. Talk about survival skills. You say, man, I, you know, my, my car broke down or whatever. Well, survival skills would be I'm going to try to save money, which is easier said than done, so that when the car does break down, because they always do, that you have you have some resources there. You have some things you can pull from. Keep your head on a swivel. Hey, Dad, can we have so-and-so over? Uh, no. Why? Because I've heard the conversations the last few weeks, and there's nothing good coming out of your mouth about that person. Oh, no, 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 we're all good now. Yeah, well, not today. They ain't going to work today. What am I going to do? What am I doing as a dad? I'm going to give it a weekend or two before we figure out, are we still friends with this person? This person's shady. Hey, can I go with so-and-so? Uh, no. I heard what you said. Um, no, we're not We're not doing that. Uh, can we do, uh, you know, this? Uh, yep, definitely. We can definitely do that. Because you have, you have to, I, I've said before, I don't need to be in every conversation, but I need to be aware of them. <clears throat> 
And the best way to be aware of them is just to, to be present, which moves me to number four. Practice your presence. What does my presence actually mean? Jerry, you just said a minute ago that even the devil can show up. You know what? There's times I've walked into my house and they've probably felt like the devil has showed up because I was angry, I was frustrated, bitter, jaded, stuff didn't go my way. And I knew walking into that house that day, I'm in a bad mood. I didn't intend to take out my frustration on the people that lived here, but it's inevitable that's going to happen, isn't it? So when I talk about practice your presence, it's being mindful, first of all, of your presence. Okay, I believe your wife and kids would rather you come home five minutes later <clears throat> and in a better mood than right on time and a jerk. I think they would rather have you come home 10 minutes later and be ready to listen to them and be present than to come home right on time and just dump the dust of your day on their head. Just a thought. Because I know, again, I've walked in and like, where's my wife? Where's, where's Jenny? I need to talk to her. I'm going <clears> to <throat> get this. Well, you know what, guy? She's had to get this kind of day too. And I know, I know. But I want to tell you my story. I want to tell you what happened here. You don't understand. And then when it's time for her story, well, she didn't listen well enough. Or I, I you know, you don't understand how bad mine is. And then well, where does she turn? You know what, man? Sometimes it's hard to be a guy. But you'll be okay. We're built to handle it. Now, I'm not saying we're built to handle everything in silence. And if you've read or you listen to points one through four, I hopefully you picked up on that. But if you get number two in godly community, maybe that's where you need to dump some stuff off. Maybe that's where you need to say, hey, can I just run something by you here? I'm working through some stuff myself, and I know another guy that's got some stuff going on, and we had a conversation recently, probably hour and a half. I don't know how long my, my AirPods died. So however long that is, you know, um, and we just, we didn't commiserate, but I think we tried to encourage and uh, remind each other, stay the course, keeping my head on a swivel. I know when I walk into the house today, everybody else had some stuff going on too. It cannot be about me. Practicing my presence at church, what's required of me? Man, I, there are times I would just like to be left alone. We're a small church. We don't got one of them green room churches where your pastor gets to hang out in the back and drink bottled water and, you know, eat bagels or what. We don't have that. But so we're very present, you know, and there's times I'm like, man, I just need to get away. I just need to shut the door. I need to, you know, whatever. And, uh, but you go, no, they're only here this week. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to see them again. I'm going to practice my presence. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to be present. Even when I'm tired or I got a lot left to give. I was talking to a guy recently who was visiting our church and I said something about where about personality types or whatever. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm introverted and I'm really a lone wolf. And he didn't believe me and that's fine. And some people don't. And I said, well, brother, I promise you this. When I get in the car, it starts, I'm starting to shut it down. I know right now though, what is required of me. And I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to be split personality. I'm just telling you, I know when I get the opportunity to shut the door and I don't have to be on, I'm off. But when I get home, I need to be on enough. I can't be like, guys, I'm done. I'm No. And I did used to be that way. <clears throat> what a miserable way to go for them and for myself. So I'm practicing my presence. Do I add value or do I take it away? 
We've talked a lot about presence over the last several years. There are people that show up and you're glad they're there. There are people that leave and you're glad they left. I want to be a guy when he shows up, you know you have somebody that's willing to do things. Our basketball league right now, I don't coach it, I don't ref it, I don't want nothing. I literally stand around for six hours and talk to whoever comes by, whatever, which isn't that many, but I'm there just to be there because I feel like I should be there. And then when it's over, you know what I do? I, I take out all the garbage. I'm there six, seven hours, so are other people, and I just take out the garbage. No, nobody's asked me to do that, but I know it's something that needs to be done. You know, on Sunday morning, I stand up front and I preach. I can, I can do either one. I can be up front and do that stuff, or I can be in the back and say, hey, man, just don't pretend like I'm not even here. The last one is this. Let's go this. We're going to get in a word every day. We're going to stay com connected to community. I'm keeping my head on a swivel note and problems are going to come, and I'm going to practice my presence. Whether we're watching a movie as a family, I'm at a restaurant, I'm teaching, I'm taking out garbage, doesn't matter. Here's the fifth one. Be the gatekeeper of your camp. Be the gatekeeper of your camp. Now, wasn't planning on sharing this today, but today is the, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Today is the two-year anniversary of my oldest daughter dating her boyfriend. Why do you share that, Jared? Because on two years ago today, we sat down with him and his father because he wanted to date my daughter, and he said, I want to date your daughter. And we don't just play boyfriend-girlfriend in our house. We haven't, and we still don't, except she turned... Whatever age, must have been 16, whatever mom said that was, okay, but we're not doing this until we sit down and have this conversation. I know that's rare. A lot of you guys are like, this doesn't make any sense to me. That's fine. He came in, we talked, whatever. One of the things I told this young man is, listen, I am the gatekeeper of my camp. As the gatekeeper of the camp, it is far easier to keep everything out than to open it just a little bit and let anything in. I'm willing to let you in, if you will, but here's... Here's what I'm asking in return. I told him, this is what you can get from me. This is what I hope to get from you. And I got nothing bad to say about the guy. I'm not. I'm just saying, I felt like as a father, I was given an opportunity. I need to take advantage of that. Daughter number two, take note, because that's fixing on happening too whenever that day comes. Son, same thing happens, but I hope it's going to look different, but it better happen on the other end too. There better be a dad say, listen, you ain't coming around here just sniffing around in this situation. No. I'm the gatekeeper of the camp. Whether that's literally locking the doors because they don't even know the locks work at this house. If it's checking the garage door, if it's making sure this is safe, if it's, if it's monitoring relationships. There's times that, again, you have to shake the dust off your feet and say, that relationship is not good for my marriage. That relationship is not good for my parenting. That relationship is not good for my kid or as a family or whatever. Or to say, hey, right now we might want to call a timeout. Spiritually, we're not doing very well. Financially, we stink emotionally we're terrible there's times i look around and go why are we all sick what what is going on all right let, let's 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 get let's start hitting the bed at the right time let's start drinking some water where's the vitamins you are the gatekeeper of your camp i don't know how to do a lot of things skill wise but i know how to monitor my camp i know how to say you know what i feel like the the vibe right now is this or man this doesn't feel well you know what's the what's the analogy the the men are the the thermostat or whatever it is. i you know sure i mean i mean we we affect so much and looking ahead or having conversations as the gatekeeper i'll have hard conversations with my wife with my kids with them all together because you're the gatekeeper what a privilege it is to have a camp to monitor 
Now you might say, Jared, I'm a single guy. I don't got anybody living in my house, so I, I, you know, this is not a big deal for me. Not at all. You talk about keep your head on a swivel. If you're a single individual and you invite a lady, I'm talking to men, you invite a lady over, let's say you're just watching a movie. What's the impression when she walks out? It depends on who sees it. Depends on what time of day. What comes through your television? What's coming through your phone? What's coming through your mail? Like, you're the gatekeeper. Keep that camp clean. Keep it, keep it where it needs to be. That could be from the food that you have in the house. You say, man, I'm, I'm way overweight. Well, then get rid of the Hagendosh. Stop, stop keeping all the little Debbies around. Like, get some fruit, you know? Or you say, hey, man, I'm, I'm a slob and my camp is a disaster. I am a firm believer that your space is reflective of you. It tells a story of who you are, your desk, your office, your car, your garage, whatever. Man, how's your camp? What does that look like for you? If you're the gatekeeper, you might go, hmm, we have turned into slobs. This is not who we are. And I'm not just going to clean when somebody's going to come over. I'm going to clean because it's indicative of how I value my stuff and my space. So men, those are five survival skills. But as I made that post 10 days ago, and as I'm having this conversation with you right now, what has come to light, if you will, and I already kind of knew this, but it's just becoming more and more of a reality is there are so many that we could add to this list. There are so many survival skills that we could add to the list when it comes to even breaking these down individually. There are so many survival skills we could add when it comes to being married, when it comes to raising kids, when it comes to your involvement in church, when it comes to you being at work. And when I talk about survival skills, I know, again, as I said in the beginning, you know, the first idea that will come to mind is like life or death situations. You say, well, it's not life or death. No, it's not most of the time, but it can be. You can have a marriage ruined by just real, simple, haphazard decisions because you didn't keep your head on a swivel, because you didn't think it was a big idea to hop in a car with that lady. You, you can have nobody in your life because your presence is just garbage, because you take more than you give. Because you're negative. Because everything is... You just walk around this rainy cloud. You eeyore every situation. You can find yourself in a ton of sin because you refuse to really engage in godly community that will challenge you or grow you. Or you got intimidated or you got overwhelmed and so you backed away. You can find yourself in all kinds of strange churches and situations and denominations and theology thinking and all that. Because you just don't get in a word. There's people that believe some strange things. And they refuse to get in the word to see if it's true just because it's become a practice or a tradition. There's guys who are left with the the, the, the shards and shambles of, of what could have been because they weren't the gatekeeper of their camp. Because they didn't take responsibility for it. Because they wanted to punt that responsibility to like their 14-year-old or whatever. Like, you know, and again, I look at this list and the more I think about it, and I don't, I, you know, I'm just, I'm probably, I'm telling you this if you're listening or watching this. I don't think this is the last time we're talking about survival skills. It's sort of like the framework for, for biblical manhood. The more I get into that, the more I think about that, the more I realize it is such a guardrail of what should be and what should not be. This is the same thing. So if you're in those situations, let's create some survival skills where we say, all right, this is how I survive in that situation. This is how I thrive in that. This is how I make sure I don't get caught up in that. And whatever that looks like, 
and the Lord will take care of that. I'm just thankful that we get to do this. I'm thankful that we get to have this conversation. So this is probably the first of many. I'm just telling you that right now. This is survival skills for a man of God. This is probably the first of many, and we're probably going to have some survival skills for different situations, different scenarios. Let me say this if you made it this far. If you have a situation that you say, Jared, give me some survival skills for this, email me. PursueManliness at gmail.com. Email me. Don't DM me. I hate DMs. I'm not good at checking them. I don't hate them. I'm just not good at checking them. Email me, pursuemanliness at gmail.com. You say, Jared, I have this situation. Give me your survival skills. Brother, I'm always thinking about how we how we can thrive or survive in those situations. So, And I would love to work it out. I'd love to get in the Word and see what does the Word say and, and get in you know, my community and be like, what do you guys say about this? And, and, and let's equip one another. Let's equip one another to thrive in these situations, not just try to get through them or, you know, whether the, let, let's survive and be like, man, I thrived in that. You know, one of the best things about, like, when we talk about like survival skills or stealth camping or all that, that I said in the beginning, we're not doing, is not just doing it, but thriving while you do it. And to me, that's a, that's a big deal. And so if you have something, if you've made it this far in the podcast and you have something, you say, man, this is a scenario, I'm going through a divorce. You know, I have a custody battle or I have a job that stinks and I have a boss who does this or I have a, what do you recommend? I don't know if I'll have an answer for it, but I'll try. I'll try. So men, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing, sharing the show with your guys, your friends, whoever, man. I'm humbled anytime I'm on a social media and I see something I recognize and one of you guys has shared it. I, I really appreciate it. God has built a very strong community here and I'm thankful that I get to be a part of it. And that's why I end with that. If if there is something, a situation, a scenario, whatever, and you say, give me some survival skills for that, I'd love to help if I can. And maybe we'll do a podcast about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.